Welcome to the She's Been Called podcast, where ambitious, purpose-fueled women come for inspiration, banter, and blueprints as they live out their calling. We're your co-hosts. I'm Taryn. And Vivian. And we're bringing you a bonus episode to close out 2020 and our first season. <laughs> Woo! Um... We made it to the end of season one, but more importantly, Taryn, we made it to the end of 2020. Sierra, as you know, has been, we've all lived it, right? A debacle, a surprise, shock, total twilight zone. And so, you know, I, we decided bonus episode because we can't leave this year without unpacking it a little bit and making sure we wrap it in a neat bow before we move on to 2021. Can you wrap 2020 in a neat bow? I don't even know if that's possible. <laughs> I think at least we need to, yeah, shove it under the bed. It the middle finger. Um, <laughs> I do think it's important for us to reflect on what happened, um, even though it's been incredibly overwhelming in our nature, at least my nature, to just want to close the door and do away with it. But there's a lot that's happened, a lot to unpack. And so in true Taryn and Vivian fashion, we didn't want to impact this one alone. We wanted to get, you know, some sisters in a room to talk about it. And that's what we did. We invited some friends. We sat down and we had, you know, the tough conversations and sat in the discomfort of 2020 for some time. And um, that's what we have to share with you today is this dialogue we had with some close friends. And I learned a lot from that, uh, Taryn. What did, what did you take away from those, from those dialogues? I think it was a really powerful conversation. I I didn't quite know what to expect, but I knew that it was going to be a really good experience because it's always good to just get with your sister girls and connect and kind of vibe. And, um, you know, I think that the biggest takeaway that I had is the importance of letting go of the cape. I think that a lot has happened this year. We've all been shouldering a lot and dealing with a lot of different roles and responsibilities and shifts and, grief even, a lot of loss. And one of the things that I have not done as well, which I know so many other women, particularly women of color, aren't as good with doing is taking the cape off and allowing ourselves to grieve and to be sad and to feel and to not feel like we always have to save everyone and carry everything and solve everything. So one of my biggest takeaways from the conversation was allowing ourselves to sit in things and to sit in the the discomfort of things and how necessary that is actually for our emotional healing and emotional health. Totally. For me, uh, a huge part of the the conversation that resonated was just reflecting back on how the stillness of 2020 really gave way to being able to listen to those things that have been on your mind, to address those things that have been niggling, you know, in a very far away space. And, you know, one of our ladies, she said the words like, call yourself, don't wait, like go run towards those things that you've been wanting to embrace. And I just having that rallying cry in my head, even as we step into 2021 is so powerful. So that was a great takeaway for me. So not only are we sharing this conversation with you guys today, we just want to encourage you to do the same. Make sure you sit down with some friends, loved ones, close circles, and really take time to unpack 2020 and make sure that you're walking away with, um, you know, some intentions towards 2021. So when you get in that room with some friends, talk about what you lost, talk about what you gained. Talk about what you learned about yourself, about others, and about the world. 
And talk about what you're hopeful for and what you're looking forward to. And in the midst of that, make sure that you commit to some accountability to follow through. So without further ado, here is our year-end 2020 conversation. All right, ladies, we'd love to hear from you. Go ahead and introduce yourselves. Hi, everyone. I'm Hollis. I'm from New York City, um, but going to be moving to L.A. soon. Um, I'm the director of Young Women's Programs uh, for a nonprofit, a national nonprofit, and I'm single, honey. (laughs) You went through the (laughs) pandemic single. Yes. God bless you. God bless you. Yes. All right. Hi, everyone. I'm Abby Akakpo. Um, So I'm, well, I'm originally from London slash Essex, currently based in Amsterdam, flirting between the two um, and originally Ghanaian. I work in marketing for one of the tech companies, most specifically digital marketing, and I am single. (laughs) Very single. So yeah, Hollis, I joined you through the pandemic, single. And I'm Cam. I am currently residing in Dallas and I'm from LA. I am a co-founder of the Black Leadership and Abundance Center and I am currently living with a nesting partner, my nine-year-old son, and I have a four-year-old bonus son. So I got all the family dynamics going on. So this year has been a year of highs and lows, incredibly emotional, lots of ups and downs. Would love to hear what your high point was and your low point was. I know all of us have been through a heck of a lot. Let's talk about it. Yeah, I guess I'll go first. And so I would say I'll start with my low point and it was early on. Um, When this thing hit me, when the pandemic hit, it was around my birthday. It was like literally probably a couple of weeks before my birthday. We went to a birthday dinner right before all the restaurants shut down. Um, we went to Laurie's actually, and I won't forget it because of that reason. And But right after that, I just probably entered like a low-grade depression. I was just like, what is this? Um, even though I'm really an introvert and I'm, I'm always at home because I work from here. <laughs> I still was like, what is happening in the world? It just hit me really, really hard. Um, too much empathy, maybe. I don't know. And, and plus, it was happening around the same time as, as Black Lives Matter really kind of hit, hit ahead. So all of that was really like my biggest low point. But my high point was really... Um, a lot of introspection and self-care. I started a yoga journey and became a certified yoga teacher and that really taking my health physically, mentally, emotionally, like getting that under control was really my highest point of this year. What, what, why yoga? Like what made you pick that? happenstance to be honest I had a friend um, I visited a friend in California in June and she was like hey there's a scholarship program for black wellness it's a yoga scholarship program for black wellness is this something you might be interested in because I've been interested in yoga on and off but really we don't see a lot of yogis that look like us Mm -hmm. black women in the community and um, this is a black woman also and I was like I don't know if I want to be a teacher, but I'm interested in learning for my own self, right? It was more for me to like learn the anatomy and the poses and really like get the history of it because I'm just a learner like that. And so it turned into this like journey that really was a high point year. Nice. That's awesome. 
I'm jealous. I felt like I had all the ambition of picking up something new, a new skill or being consistent on some things. And and it would have been nice if it was yoga for me. (laughs) It wasn't quite. um, I guess I'll go next. Uh, High point, low point. I mean, this is actually going to unpack depression. We're just going to let that ride. Maybe because it's my boo. I'm like, oh my goodness, can we like? No, but it's a, that's a serious one. I think. Yeah. I just feel like, my goodness. I mean, I, I guess I'm just curious as far as like, it sounds like yoga helped you to get through it. And, and also that this is your first experience with, you know, just feeling that way. Just want to know mm-hmm. if, if there's anything more that you want to share about what that experience was. And like, as, as your boo, one of your closest friends, like not being tuned into that, I think that's been one of the ongoing challenges. I mean, of life period, but definitely of the yeah. year is that you never yeah. know what loved ones are going through and we all are suffering and dealing in our own way. And so to, to hear that you were experiencing that and I had no idea, like I just got to take a step back and unpack that a little bit if you'll indulge me. <laughs> Yeah, of course. I, I don't know if I knew at the time, right? So I know I didn't tell anybody at the time because I don't think I knew at the time. And so mm-hmm. what happened was basically between like beginning of March to maybe mid-April, I was just like in a funk, right? Like you just know when you're not the same. And then some days I'd just be in bed crying and my partner would be like, are you okay? And I'd be like, no, I don't know what's wrong. I can't stop crying. Like just a wreck, like a complete wreck. And I don't even like, I was like, I don't, I don't really know. Like nothing happened, you know? Um, and then one day in, in mid April, I was like, I have to get myself out of this. Like, I don't know what it is. And maybe it's just being feeling like being, being stuck in these four walls, but I got to do something. And I just got up and I started walking really. And I really, uh, one of the things I realized is that I like being out in nature. Like, I don't want to be in a gym. I don't want to be closed up in the house. Like I want to be out in nature. So I started walking, finding trails and just getting out and really getting out of my head probably is what helped me. Um, and it's just getting out and moving and running through all those thoughts and like listening to podcasts, just doing different things that really helped me come out of it. And it wasn't until, you know, months later, that I reflected back and was like, oh my gosh, I think I did go through like a low grade depression, you know, stint right there. Um, so it wasn't something that I knew to reach out to people. And I think that's, that happens a lot is that people don't know like what's happening to them until after the fact. Right. So of course, if I really like would have thought about what was going on and all the impacts of all the things in the world that were like coming in, all the things that we've talked about the course of this conversation, and just all of that being inside, I think that's what happened. And I was just holding it all in and I needed to let it out. And I wasn't letting it out. But I'm fine now. <laughs> I'm fine now. And again, yoga, you know, it's on the mat and off the mat. And so it really helps you with that mental clarity. It really helps you with like thinking about the things that you can control and, and what you can do and not what you can't do more. So it really has been a godsend this year for real. Yeah, I think one of the things that... I have become acutely tuned into is that I'm so used to being incredibly strong and I'm so used to having to shoulder so many things and not even allowing myself to feel any kind of way about it. Cause it's like, girl, you got this. If anybody can, you can, if not you, then who all the mantras. And so (laughs) I don't really allow myself a lot of space to process emotions. And it's just really 
how I'm wired, I'm realizing more and more. And that's been okay for me. It's not that I've been internalizing and harboring things and it's it's generally been okay for me until this year. This year, in the absence of different outlets and just, I mean, it just a lot of things that are happening are so unprecedented. A lot of experiences, a lot of feelings, a lot of encounters are so unprecedented. It has been difficult for me to fully process. And I haven't even realized until recently really come to terms with the fact that like you got some shit you need to deal with and some things that you've experienced that you haven't fully processed and dealt with. And if you don't, it could be really damaging and traumatic on your life. And not even allowing myself the space to sit and reflect. And even when I reflect, I'm always reflecting, looking for the next step and the solution and how to solve, but to sit and reflect and be still and just be in my feelings. That has been something that I've tuned into this year in a way that still feels very uncomfortable for me because I'm very solution oriented. Like, okay, you have this problem, what's next, but everything doesn't have to be solved. And even if it is solved, you just allowing myself the grace to feel it and and knowing that it's okay to be sad or mad or hurt. I oftentimes am like, you're too privileged to, to feel this way. Other people got it five times as bad. And it's like, Nazi, you can still be human. <laughs> like you, you can be human and you have the right to feel. So I think that if we're not, I've just found that if we don't take the time to sit with ourselves and even to process our emotions, even openly with our girlfriends, with our partners, and to really like be in introspective and reflective, um, it can be really damaging. And I think that it's something that, that we as black women have shouldered and battled with for so long. And while we resent the trope of like the strong black woman, we also really embrace it and love it and take pride in it. Yeah. Uh, so um, I'm really happy to hear. I think it's absolutely out of necessity, yeah. but I think it's also, I think that we felt that it's necessity and it has been, it's survival, right? It, it's something that we've had to do, but I think that we can be strong and persevere and still feel and be emotive and allow ourselves that space and that grace, which I personally don't always do. That's why I said we need so much healing. And, and, and as you were talking, all I kept thinking, the myth of the, the, the black woman superhero, you know, the myth of the strong black woman. And we, we really do shoulder a lot of that. And I think that probably also had a lot to do with my, you know, I, I'm calling it depression. It's undiagnosed, right? But this, this point in my life that was really low because feeling like, um, the, all the responsibility of caring for the people in my household. Um, you know, while, while Vivian and Hollis have these, and Abby have these, um, you know, they're by themselves, they're, they're single, so they only had to care for themselves and the ease of that. Much different experience when, to you, guys, you know, to the point we made earlier about education, you know, making sure my son had three hot meals a day because that wasn't my responsibility before. I mean, it was. I paid for him to have lunch at school, right? Like, but someone else prepared it and now it was all on me. And so finding ways to find balance um, in the house, because um, as the mom, you just take on a lot more of the burden in most cases, um, burden, but you know, responsibility of, of taking care of the house. And so I had to have a really um, pointed conversation with my partner of like, 
this ain't it. <laughs> we gotta, you know, you gotta do, do more in terms of like the things around the house. Um, because we just split up responsibilities in different ways prior to pandemic and it worked. And then during pandemic, it was different. And, and I think finding those shifts, you know, um, different ways to do different things and be successful was, was super important to our like surviving this thing together. Cause we joked like the pandemic probably split up a lot of people. <laughs> it did. Really did. For me, one of the things that was to what you just said, Taryn, with the being strong was just like in real life, you know, when we're not in a pandemic, when you have a sisterhood or a community or a group of friends, it almost feels like we take turns having a heavy burden, even though we're all going through it always in life. With the pandemic, it felt like everyone would be down at the same time or, or like slightly up at the same time. Like there was nowhere to go to get to pull strength from, you know, you really had to do one sit in your discomfort to really kind of address issues and then try to find that strength from within and that love from within, because we knew in any circle you were part of, everyone was going through something like whether it was health or it was layoffs or it was their children's health or it was their children's education or, you know, their own kind of isolation. And so, you know, that depression, Kamisha, I'm not I'm not surprised at it because I'm sure so many people fell into that because it was just, it was heavy. It was a lot happening. I definitely, um, I would say that was one of my low points as well, Kamisha, like being alone, feeling like I needed to be grateful that I was working while so many people were not. Um, then getting to a point realizing, oh, wait, I don't actually know if I'm still going to be working. Wait, hold up now. What's, what's the market doing now? Wait, wait, wait. Um, so feeling like opportunities are drying up and just this like big unknown. Um, yeah, I, just, I remember, and, and it's funny you mentioned like sisterhood and stuff because, you know, I, I think I have an incredibly strong sisterhood. And I remember there was one friend in particular who used to call and check in and I was just avoiding her. Only because I was like, if I really unpack how crazy I'm feeling, like, I don't know that I'll be able to stop. Like, if I go into it, I won't be able to stop crying. Um, and and I remember we finally, I, I finally was like, oh, I feel like I got one more text to be like, I'm going to hit you next week before she, like, comes to my house. So I remember, like, just FaceTiming her one day and... Um, and it was a wonderful conversation. And I was able to say like, girl, I've been struggling. Like I, I'm, I'm up and then I'm down, down, like, you know, zoom from the bed down. And, um, and it was so liberating. And, and it was actually in that conversation that I was able to like figure out some steps and have courage to be like, actually, I don't need all of this. So if I don't know, if I don't know what my next step is going to look like, I knew my lease was ending. I was like, I can leave this apartment. I can go back home for a little while. Like I felt like that conversation uh, gave me courage to be able to say yes to myself in that way. Um, So I am so grateful for sisterhood and, and being able to like in the cloudiness and darkness, be able to say yes Um, and then, you know, later in the year around October, I'd gone to visit some friends in California and came back and was, and was able to have a conversation with myself about what I really wanted and also be courageous and be like, I want sunshine and I want to be on the West coast. And that's what I've wanted for some time. And I don't think that had I, I don't think I would have, I've, 
I don't think I would have been still enough to hear that um, had this season not happened. So um, I, I feel grateful for that, like uptick of like, oh yes, I'm saying yes to myself. But it definitely came from the, the, that feeling of isolation and the fear of once I unpack on my feelings, I may not, I'll, I might drown. <laughs> um, That's crazy. Not that resonates. Yeah, I want sunshine definitely. <laughs> on a cloudy day yeah was it scary Hollis to like go after something for yourself in a year where it felt like things were happening to people like you said I want sunshine and you basically made it happen like how like how did you feel about that you know what I actually felt like I felt like this was the perfect time to go after something that felt wild because everything was wild. So I felt like, well, if we're doing wild things, let me jump on in and be wild. You know, let me move across the country. Like I felt like, you know, there was no one could have fathomed being in their houses for months like that. That felt impossible. So I was like, well, I really felt like if the impossibles happen, go go ahead and throw your your what is it? Your ring in the towel, your ring in the I, I'm not good at these little phrases. Towel, towel in the ring. <laughs> your hat in the ring. Yeah. Hat in the ring. <laughs> throw the towel. <laughs> you mess me up when you're like, take me off. She's so like, like swing the towel around or your head or something. I don't know. <laughs> right. But I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm throw my hat in the ring on crazy time. Let's see if I can turn it up, you know. I love that. I do too. Wait, so tell us more. What the heck is happening? What's the big shift? Is that your high, Holly? So, so yeah. So um, I, I think the high, I mean, I'll, I, I move in, in a week and a half. So, um, right. so that's exciting. But the high was the recognition being still enough to be like, Ooh, this is what I want to do. And so, um, you know, I had, I had always believed that I'd had this belief that, LA was somewhere you were called to. You know, as a native New Yorker, it was like, I'm not going to LA to figure it out. You don't figure it out there. You, I'm, I'm a New Yorker, you hustle, you got your plan in action. I'm not going over there and like sleeping on nobody's couch to see, make my dreams come true. And while I was there, I just realized like, that's not actually true. Like call yourself, you know, like Hollis, you, you've been called. Like the call is that, you know, you want to do this. So things will fall into place. And I have community out there. My job is headquartered there. And so I was like, it's going to be a very smooth, like thing. I got people, I got a job. Um, what else do you need? Like the rest <laughs> I'll figure out, you know, yeah. everyone was like, what's the big opportunity. And it was like, me i'm the opportunity <laughs> yeah. i like how you said call yourself yeah. like i was like oh that, yeah yeah that's, that's good that's a good one yeah that's amazing and i and i think that just speaks to like you know believing in timing and what's for you mm-hmm. is for you and won't pass you and and knowing that even though things were like all over the place that seeing it so clearly seeing it so clearly even when everything else was so just scattered right um and just knowing and just knowing so knowing that that was your calling um knowing i I am i am knowing and having knowing and having the courage to honor your interests and where your heart was going and you know allowing yourself to pursue it yeah i think as you talk about Cam, as you talk about timing and and everything working out in its own timing, it's I have felt that's been one of my biggest issues this year is 
you know, being 37, finally getting engaged this year, that was without question my high. There were actually a couple of highs, but I think that was the biggest high. It's not, it wasn't only getting engaged. Yes, I'm in love. Yes, I'm happy that I found my person, but the way that it happened was incredibly meaningful for me too, right? So having so many loved ones come out and be there for that moment, which was exactly what I wanted. It was just, I'm all about community and family. So it was the experience as a whole that I just felt so full and so happy, so much joy. And that was two weeks before the pandemic hit. But as you talk about timing, I'm like, really? My clock is ticking. And I waited how many years? And I was supposed to be married at 32. I'm already five years behind. And I'm generally okay with that if I had eternal eggs. You know, it would it really wouldn't be a problem. <laughs> but I'm like, damn, we set the wedding date of October. We're supposed to be married, you know, mm-hmm. eight months later. And I had already went to the doctors. I was ready to be fertile. I mean, you know, I plan. I have details. I have everything written down to the T. So no Knowing that so much time had already passed and feeling so much pressure to get my family started, I'm like, are you really about to give me a pandemic in the year (laughs) that I'm supposed (laughs) to be taking things off? Not only can I not get married in the way that I want to, but also I have not necessarily anxiety, but, but the thought of bringing a baby and a child into this world, one of the things that's been so difficult for me is just the way that we have shifted, the way that we physically interact with one another, right? We don't want to be near people. We don't want to touch people. If someone steps into my personal space as I'm walking down the street, I feel anxious. My chest is tight because I'm thinking, oh my God, are you giving me COVID, right? So the way in which we physically interact with one another, the way in which we show love to one another, and that's just physically, not to mention all of the hate and division that has been so prevalent this year, particularly within America, I'm just like, really? Is this going to be like this year of all years? If only you could have made this shit happen a year later, two years later, I could have figured this out better. So I had plans this year and plans that I felt like I had already pushed as far as I could push, given my biological clock and other considerations about, again, where we're supposed to be in certain stages of life, that I felt really robbed. I felt so robbed that not only were things shifting, but I had waited so long to plan a wedding and was so excited about that whole experience. And I just... The fact that I don't know if that's going to happen and God knows my wedding will likely be very different. Again, we're probably going to elope. Just everything that I had envisioned for so, so, so many years, not being able to be realized, took me a little time to really cope with and fully accept. And then I'm like, well, there are bigger problems. There are people out here who can't even feed their kids, but I have the right to be sad and to mourn something that was really, really important to me that again, 37 years, I don't wait at all, (laughs) that, um, it's not going to happen the way that I had hoped, right? But but I do firmly, and I'm not just saying this as a disclaimer, I do really, really, really believe that God got me and that the reason things unfolded the way that they did this year is for a reason. My life has been mm-hmm. a testament to that in every single stage, every single instance. And so I don't fully see it all the way now, <laughs> but I do know that in due time, it'll become revealed to me. And if nothing else, I'm going to save like 50 G's, right? So I'm not planning. I'm not throwing away because my parents were not sponsoring mine. It was self-funded. So I'm trying to look at the positive, but I think, you know, really 
respecting the timing of life, Gam, and yeah. really being okay with things not going um, the way that I really wanted them to go and dreams that have had to be deferred is something that I've definitely had to cope with this year. Karen, I just want to say how grateful I feel for you acknowledging like the grief that we get to, we're allowed to experience because I think mm-hmm. as I was point earlier, like as black women, we're just supposed to keep pushing and keep strong and like, okay, that didn't happen next, next. And this was an opportunity to be like, no, there's, I'm grieving. Like, and I get to grieve and I get to uh, acknowledge. And I think like, we're not allowed to acknowledge like, yeah, a wedding was a dream of mine and now it's not going to happen in the way that I hoped. And I think marriage, even with black women, is a whole thing of like partnership. Do we get put down? Anyway, um, but I, I appreciate you. I appreciate you just sharing that very vulnerable. Yeah. That Plus one, because you, you put it into perspective of, you know, there are other people dying and bigger things, but it, it, it is real that actually this was my dream. And I, I love how you've also almost gone through the process of you know I'm grieving this moment that was supposed to happen but I know plans will change and it's going to be okay eventually but at least you took the time to to acknowledge it and know wow this is a dream I've wanted this is something that I had hoped for and plans I had made and now I have to pivot um but it's also nice to look back and say God still has got you and there's going to be probably something greater you know saving money as well on top of it um but I think that's nice to hear because there will be a lot of people where you know who had to change how they were married this year um and had weddings and had to adapt so I think that speaks a lot of volumes as well yeah thank you ladies for acknowledging my feelings and my experience I think if nothing else this year we've had to be innovative innovative with how we experience one another how we interact how we yeah how how we connect so this is just going to force another level of innovation oh that's so true I mean we were talking about sisterhood earlier and one of the things that kind of sprouted from the pandemic is a weekly women's group that I'm in well the group was already formed 10 plus years ago, but we kind of were on hiatus because people have moved and made families and whatnot. And because of this, you know, pandemic and how I was feeling, I reached out to my girlfriend and I was like, listen, we got to, we got to get the band back together. Like I need y'all, y'all, my people, y'all, my support, like, let's do this. And we did. And we have a weekly zoom and we do different things on different nights, but it really has become that community that we can't have to Taryn's point. We can't hug each other. We can't, hold hands, say, I miss you. Oh my God. It's been so long. Um, but it's been helpful to see people and to experience and to share and just really build together. And, and like you said, acknowledge feelings. We do what's called a moment of empathy where we say, are you going through anything? Do you need some love, some support, some help? So it's just been really a great space to kind of get all of that out when you feel like you have to be strong as, you know, as a black woman. So Isn't it crazy, though, how in the absence of directly asking that question, so many of us will not acknowledge what we're struggling with. Oftentimes we need you to directly invite us. Are you going through anything, sis? Mm -hmm. How are you feeling? Is there anything that you want to talk about? I personally don't want to burden people. I know we we talked about that a little bit, like not wanting to overwhelm others and realize and I'm so used to having to be the strong friend and the friend who's supporting and giving advice. 
I don't want to inconvenience people in that way or seemingly yeah. an inconvenience. So I just wanted to celebrate you and yeah. your, your sister friend circle. I think that that's incredible and something that a lot of us yeah. really need. So powerful that that was happening. I know that I, I'm the same. I, I can't talk about what's going on with me unless someone asks me, um, unless someone says like, how are you? And in the context of what other people are going through, you tend to diminish what your pain is. And I know like, we all had different pain. I, with my friends that had other people at home, there was a stress of keeping people alive. But like, I remember getting through May or something and I, I texted like, I was like, it's been 50 days since a human being has touched my elbow. Just like a casual graze of a human touch. I like sat and thought like, what is the most meaningless touch you could have? And I was like, I've literally been by myself. And like, I knew I felt spoiled for grieving in that way. You know, like I was like, people are struggling to keep their households together and you're upset. But I was like, at the end of the day, like if they have a moment, someone will hug them. Someone will hold their hand. Someone will push their hair back. And I was like, I'm literally out here trying to just hug myself. <laughs> and um, I was, it, it was very hard. And I, I almost had the opposite kind of of the combination of, of Kamisha and Taryn in that like, God was like, instead of dreams deferred, he was like, oh, by the way, you can be depressed if you want to. All those things we talked about in January are still happening. So buck up. Um, but yeah, there was, there was a lot of allowing myself to feel without feeling selfish at the same time, because I tend to feel selfish for having a feeling. And that was a, a huge learning for me. Yeah, because of the level of privilege and how everyone else is suffering so much more. How dare you be sad or upset or feel, you know, like you've had to experience any kind of lack. I think that we all, it's uncomfortable for us to acknowledge lack or acknowledge needs or acknowledge sadness because we are so blessed. But it's it's so important to give ourselves that, that space to honor what we're going through. But I also think, yeah, just the element of extreme loneliness. Um, and obviously, like, whilst we were able to connect virtually, but yeah, like you said, not no one even touching your elbow and having to, it, I think that is definitely something real. And I experienced similar until I was able to leave the country and having people in your family and your loved ones so far away, not being able to access them. That is hard and I think sometimes it can be downplayed um so it's good that you also stepped out and stepped up to say actually I'm not okay and you know and you also need to be acknowledged and taken into consideration yeah it was a, it was a tough mm-hmm. year in that regard I think I was scared to to speak my truth that was something mm-hmm. that really scared me um I was scared about you know like whether or not dreams would become reality. And yeah. then when opportunities came knocking, I, I, I found strength in those like kind of glimmers of hope. Like, oh, here's a job that you've always wanted. You know what I mean? Or like, here's something that you've always thought about. And like, I, I had to make a decision to not sit in it. And I, Taryn was actually like a huge gift this year because um, I had shared with her like a nugget of like, I want to do something on a podcast. And, and being Taryn, she asked me every other week, and I was like, I'm too busy being 
in a pandemic to think about <laughs> whatever that Accountability, is. Like, dog. Yeah, Accountability. Like, leave me alone. Like every week I had a like new excuse and she just was like, all right, we're doing this. And Karen uh, is a planner. She said yeah. it. <laughs> See, when she pulled out that, like the like blueprint, like, okay, we got to do this. We got to do this. We got to do this. It gave me like a new sense of purpose. And it was like that idea of leaning into whatever that new thing was. I think I, I would have told myself I was too busy. I would have told myself I didn't have energy, but like, um, I I don't know. I feel like I'm grateful to 2020 for like opening the door and like giving us that opportunity to talk about, you know, bringing She's Been Called to Life. That was a huge high point for me. Agree. It's been huge, actually. I think because I'm such a planner, I'm already 20 steps ahead with what I want to do for the podcast and the vision for the podcast. I'm immediately thinking about, you know, what this movement is going to look like way beyond the podcast. But what I really need to do is just take time again, theme of my life, to, to rest in where we are and celebrate what we've accomplished and um, what we were able to birth this year. I think it's been incredible. Yeah, agree. All right, guys, I want to officially ask, like, what did you learn about yourself this year? And what are you looking, how are you looking at 2021? What's your outlook? Having been through what you've been through. I think for 2021, I'm definitely, and I I said it before, looking at how to finish the race. I don't know what I've learned this year. Actually, I, I think this year I've learned that people really do matter. And there were a lot of people in my life, um, two really good close people, my uncle and also a close friend of mine that I lost this year. And this has been the year where I've really had to truly deal with grief. And I haven't been, I, I think I haven't been the friend this year where people can lean on me. I don't know, Vivian, you can tell me, but I'm just like, Mm-mm, I'm good. <laughs> You've been great. I'm like, oh. And I don't know. I think 2020 was there would have been many highlights as well, but it was so heavy and so personal and dealing with like, you know, people just going and the the world changing that I almost gave up a bit. And I think for now, 2021, it's like, no, you still have more in you. You can finish the race. Um, I'm looking forward to also getting back to how can I, I don't know, be, have a bit of stability, um, a bit more of a routine, etc. But I think it's just about finishing what has started and knowing that there's some some good things. Um, and maybe I don't I don't know. I think I'm a bit more resilient than I think I am because I definitely felt very low um, at some points, and I didn't feel like I could continue and make it and continue to uplift others and continue to be there for people and continue to you know have faith I I definitely gave up and actually I'm more resilient than I think I am that's incredible actually the only tattoo I have actually says resilience Abby so a constant reminder uh, of the importance of just bouncing back and continuing the race, as you said, I think like you, I, I definitely experienced loss this year on a level that I never had before. It's It was a lot to deal with. It's still a lot to deal with. But I'll just say the way in which all the deaths happened really, yeah. really reinforced how precious life is. And we say that every time someone dies, but I think that yeah. there are certain experiences that just really reinforce, like you never know, like tomorrow could be your your last day there was one um a friend colleague uh who was 41 years old and has had a heart attack 
father of three, completely unexpected, uh, just had a meeting with him three days before, and then he was just gone. Uh, the other one was someone who committed suicide, which really, really rocked my world yeah. because I think that, you know, just you never know what someone is going through and suffering through and never saw that coming. And then like you, Abby, ironically, my uncle died this year as well. He was hit by a car and died, you know, um, pretty quickly. And so he was going to the store. He said, I'll be back (laughs) and just didn't, didn't come back. I think the traumatic nature of all of the deaths that I experienced this year. One, it's been a lot that I'm still really processing, but it just has really, really, really affirmed. You do not know when your time is going to come and how incredibly important it is um, to make a difference and to leave an impact and to leave a legacy. And the grief and the suddenness of all of that has um, really taught me a lot. And it's something Mm -hmm. that I'm still continuing to kind of process, you know? Yeah. And there's no preparation for it. I think that is similar to you. I wasn't prepared for my friend um, Crystal to go, to leave. I had just seen her. Similar to my uncle, I wasn't prepared. And you, you will never be prepared. And, yeah, I think processing it and trying to heal from it is important. But also, yeah, just knowing that people can go anytime. What, what are we leaving again with regards to legacies? And how are we living life? Like it made me also, as much as I was definitely down and low, um, I definitely knew from both of them, they also lived life how they wanted to. And they leaned into what they thought, this is what life is about. This is my calling. You know, Crystal had moved abroad. My uncle was um, in ministry and they lent into whatever their purpose was. And I think I've definitely also, I'm trying to take that and say, you know what? That was the one thing they definitely did and they they had no regrets and how can I also do that and have no regrets but no thank you for sharing um Taryn because that's heavy for me 2020 is I guess I would say about elevation I feel incredibly optimistic I'm always optimistic I think that everything 2020 or 2021 Oh, thank you. 2021. Um, why would I ever, why would I ever want to, <laughs> to stay here? No, <laughs> no. Yeah. Thank you. Vivian. Definitely 2021. So for 2021, there is a lot that I'm hoping is going to happen. And I think it's really about elevation for me and alignment on a lot of things. I'm hoping to have a new job. I'm hoping to get married. I'm hoping to be in a different location. Uh, I am rebirthing and launching my brand and my business in a really big way and excited about that. Oh my God, I said it out loud. So now I have to do it. But (laughs) there's a lot happening next year where I feel like I am stepping into my calling and elevating myself on a larger platform professionally, but then also hopefully manifesting the vision and the heart that I have for building a family. So I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm ready to leave this year behind us. And again, I know there's blessings and everything, but this one has just been like, damn, you know, it's just one thing after another, after another on every level possible. So I'm ready to bid adieu and really optimistic about what next year has in store. I think that this year I definitely learned um, about myself that I just needed more balance um, and not just over exerting myself 
outwardly to the people in my life. Um, while it's important to care for others, you just really have to care for yourself as well. And then also, I'm a probably Ted little too much on the introverted side. Um, so I do want to, you know, moving forward, um, get out of my shell a little bit more. And uh, so, so 2021, I'm looking forward to just meeting new people. Um, my outward outlook like Taryn is always positive. Even this year with all the madness going on, there was a lot of great highs and a lot of good ups. Um, my business continued to grow and started a new business. So 2021, I'm just looking forward to just growth, growth and glow up. Yes. I love that. Love that. I do too. Growth and glow up. I wish this wasn't, this was an evening recording so we could toast to that. <laughs> I would de- definitely choose it's snap 12 to 12 o'clock it. where you are. If you can yeah. have bubbles now. Yeah. I don't talk about it. It's Sunday. I don't need I'm it to be 12 o'clock. Exactly. It's Sunday. <laughs> you can like, do whatever. Um, like have a yeah. beverage. <laughs> right. Do it. I I went into I went into 2020. My word was leap, which was such a funny word considering we sat still for so long. <laughs> but I still I still saw leaps and and you know which was to higher um, to higher levels to new places um, in a daring way. Uh, I've shared before. I've packed up and I'm sort of traveling now. Spend some time in Texas and then I'll go to where Hollis is to LA, which has also been calling me. I think like from a vision perspective. Um, I had to call myself also and just be like, we're going, you've been thinking about this for a long time. And so I'm excited. I'll join you Hollis and we'll, we'll, we'll come together and make some stuff happen. But, um, it's, it feels like 2020 was a foundational year. It it like laid the bricks and like next year I gotta, I gotta build the house on top of it. So, um, I'm very hopeful. That's my word for Hopeful and sunshine, I guess, is the right word. <laughs> I'm, I'm also like ner- sunshine. I'm, ner- I'm saying <laughs> it. Of course, it's going to be like climate change. The year it rained for nine months in Los Angeles. <laughs> no, let me hope I'm not done saying that. That's so hopeful. How do you do that so fast? I'm, I know. I know. Look at what 2020 has done to me. So. Um, I'm, I'm very excited about continuing to go down the path of, of using this podcast to encourage women. Um, also kind of making sure that I'm touching on young girls' lives and other aspects of my, of my work outside of my day-to-day job. And I have, you know, very strong vision as a marketer with the, the company and the brand that I'm on, um, to really have a global conversation around a number of topics. And so I'm excited to make those things happen. And yeah, we, God and I have had some real conversations about partnership and like, it's in yeah. his time, but he is, he's aligning. We're touching, me and God are touching and agreeing because touching and agreeing with the humans is not enough. So <laughs> that is powerful. I love it. <laughs> it's like, y'all were, yes. y'all were making no change. So, so we'll yeah. see. Hey, I'm with you on that one. <laughs> okay. Abby. Well, oh Yeah. You went no, I, way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I definitely. So I think for 2021 also, I, well, this year I started a new job as well um, at the start of the year. And I forget some of this, these things. I also 
purchased a new um I purchased an apartment in Amsterdam <laughs> I'm hardly ever there that's why I'm laughing but <laughs> I have a place <laughs> so there have been a lot of like essentially highs and I definitely want to make sure for 2021 again I'm just continuing to 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 grow you know I'm gonna still meet what was it glow and grow am I mixing the that, there now. it is yeah yeah glow and grow. <laughs> i'm going to continue to glow and grow and there, there have been a lot of foundations as you said vivian set and i need to remind myself of that you know like i i love what i do and i, I i'm so blessed and thankful for you know starting a new job in the pandemic being stable having a voice at my company um being able to implement a lot of programs like allyship allyship leading that for the netherlands and then also owning a property and being able to do it up and I'm thinking of more developments and how can I grow as a, you know, with regards to business and investments. And I don't usually lean in and talk about those things a lot. Um, and I've had to really try and do that a bit more this year. Vivian's always like another course. She's like, are you going to tell the rest of the girls? Are you going to like, you have achievements and you have things that you're doing. And I definitely want to make sure I'm leaning into that for, for next year. But yeah, I think I'm going to steal yours. I'm going to grow and glow. <laughs> Doing that for 2021 and just I love continue it. learning and, and building on the foundations that have been set. Um, I'm also, I'm yeah, I'm also looking at partnership and I'm just like, God, you know, and I think for the first time ever, and maybe it's the pandemic, actually being, when you're lonely, then you realize, oh, okay, I really need somebody. <laughs> Or and it's not a bad thing to say that you need somebody, right? I think we have. I've not spent a lot all. of time, yeah, just just being independent and being like it's okay and it's fine and you know being strong. But I'm like, no, I would like somebody, and also somebody would need me. I'm. It, they would be lucky to a bomb girl. Somebody would be lucky to have you. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> and you know, and yeah, I right. need to, to know that, and and also know that actually I can be wanted, and and so slowly trying to see how that looks like, um, which is difficult. But we're not going to talk about. <laughs> I mean, I, I love yeah. that. Let's normalize, you know, being open and honest about wanting love and yeah. partnership. And let's, as black women, because we try to be, I could do bad all by myself all the time. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Mm. I'm out of tea. The pandemic was like, bruh, <laughs> now what? So, you need a hug, girl. Right. You need a hug. I was like, yeah, okay, you by yourself. How you feel about <laughs> yeah. it? But let's also normalize to what you said, being visible, um, yeah. being yeah. very, um, open about the successes and the positives happening in our lives yeah. because other people will, will have um, hope and aspirations based and inspiration based on what they yeah. see for us. So I love that you said that, Abby. It's interesting. I was like, do I want to say grow? Because the, I feel like I've been growing. Not that I've, not that the, you know, flowers have sprouted, Sign me up. but I'm like, whew. um, so I would say that my word for this year, um, has been um, clarity. I just feel like throughout the year, I've just been getting clear on what it is I actually want. Um, so maybe I'd say to courage and clarity. And then um, and the next year, um, um, it's open. Like I, I want to be open to connections and connecting the dots. I want to be open to 
Um, I love what you said, Taryn, about like all of these gifts and talents inside of me and being able to share them and communicate about what they are. Um, so open would be my word for next year. And then, um, I, I'm, I turned 33 in, in April and just looking forward to also like being able to celebrate in a big way, whether that's like Disneyland, cause I'll be, you know, on the West coast or like an Island with friends, but like bring in my Jesus year and well, it's uh, my Jesus year next year in March as well. So it will be Jesus year twins. Incredible. Yeah. Like, I actually, Hollis, if my memory serves me correctly, spent my 33rd, maybe my 32nd, but I'm pretty sure I spent my 33rd birthday at Disneyland. You should so do it. But I'm like a Disney freak, so <laughs> I love. Love that, love that. So that was it. I just um, I'm looking forward to, yeah, and I'm I'm looking forward to to like some loving, exciting, exciting experiences with men, um, mm-hmm. and just like improving, yeah, like men. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, yes, <laughs> girl, yes. I hope I want <laughs> You take me to Disneyland. You take me to dinner. Take me to the- you know, I want the hotline to bling. Like, oh, okay, girl, you better oh, yes. Men, plural, multiples, a whole hotline. One thing that I'll add uh, before we wrap is that next year is going to be a year in which I face the things that I've been running from. Oh. Most of it unconsciously but as I've allowed myself to be more introspective this year really have to just call things out so I think that with the evolution of the podcast and being visible and putting my voice out there that's a really big deal for me so building upon the work that we're doing with the podcast really being ready to step up as an expert as, and an influencer and have a larger platform when it comes to branding and marketing strategy. And really just this year has taught me like, I really know my shit and you are way better than you thought you were. And like, girl, you are really underselling your gifts and how strong you really, really are. And for so long, I didn't want to be overly confident because I had been told for so long that I was overly confident and people feel so threatened by my aura and my confidence and my air. So going further and being even more confident in who I am in my career, the influence that I'm able to have, the influence that I want to have uh, has been a process for me. And I, I know that I'm being called to greater things on a whole other level. And a lot of it I've been running from. And so for next year, it really is about fully stepping into my calling, embracing how dope and unique and special I really am, because I know that it's all gifts and talents that God has given me in service of others, right? So I I have a great heart. I'm doing it all for the right reasons. And playing small is not serving me or anybody else. And it's time. And if you look at my life, you wouldn't think that I was playing small now. There are a lot of accomplishments and things that I am very proud of and things that are going very well, but it's nowhere near my full potential. And I know that there's a lot more within me. And so it's time for me to overcome my insecurities. It's time for me to overcome, you know, trying to play small to make others feel better and because there, there's so much more out there for me and there's so much more of an impact that I've been meaning to make. And even when I think about getting married next year and being fully comfortable, being vulnerable and loving someone and like, I cannot tell you how much it terrifies me. 
the thought of getting married and feeling like I'm giving up my independence. And again, these are not things that are reflective of my relationship. It's not that he's trying to take any of that. It's just how I've been conditioned for so long to be strong, independent, not feel anything, not need anyone to fully acknowledge that is is a lot. So I, I think the next year is going to be a year of discomfort and a year of me really having to break through some baggage, self-sabotaging behaviors, and the elevation that I've been called to is really going to require um, some emotional processing and, and elevating in the process, right? So it's not just elevating in the outcome and what I'm manifesting in my life and my finances and love, et cetera, but it's also the internal work that I know I'm going to have to do that I'm like, what the hell? But it has to be done because tomorrow is not promised and my legacy will be to the full extent that it's been called to be. And I'll be damned if I play God short and myself short by playing small. I don't know if I'm going to have tomorrow and I want to, you know, be the person who brings forth the Mamba mentality. Like I want to be known for how many lives I've touched and impacted and I can't do that playing small. So I'm ready. Yes, you are ready, Taryn, and we are ready. And for our listeners, you are also ready. Next year is going to be our year. Our calling is waiting. Our commission is waiting. And there's so much in store for us to step into. So that's a wrap for our bonus episode. We've really enjoyed having you guys as part of our journey this entire season. We don't know exactly when we'll be back next season, but you can definitely find out by staying connected with us on Instagram at She's Been Called Podcast. In the meantime, if you've loved us this season, make sure you're rating us on Apple Podcasts. Please leave a review. Please stay connected. And we're looking forward to coming back with so much more for you in season two. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everyone.